This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PDT. Episode 57, Doug Otis discusses what is new in topological optimization and additive suite in ANSYS 2020 R1, along with news and related goings-on from the world of ANSYS. Welcome all from a cloudy day here in Phoenix, Arizona. It's been a busy week in what is usually the Valley of the Sun because it's Phoenix Startup Week. That includes Venture Madness and a host of other events. So lots of us have been running around town learning and networking and helping our customers that are in the, the startup world and all sorts of stuff going on. So it's, it's been a little bit of a busy week, but it's the end and uh, it was a good week. As far as the podcast goes, the number of listeners has been going up. Our, I mean, by a small amount, but I'll take it. Our average per episode went from 315 two weeks ago to 317. So um, I'll take that any day. Uh, the numbers are 576, um, or, sorry, 56 episodes. And um, that is 17,744 downloads. So it's a lot of downloads. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast and continue to spread the word with other folks who might be interested in uh, listening. Last week, uh, on an unrelated note, I was at the Pacific Design Show uh, with a couple other people from PADT. We had a booth there. Uh, it's also called MDM West and I think Packaging West or something like that. There's a whole bunch of different shows kind of on top of each other. And we were uh, kind of in the back corner there, but lots of people stopped by and said hello. It was great to have uh, so many people specifically stop by to say they listen to the podcast. And so that was always nice to have as we were standing there in our booth trying to attract people to do business with us. So thank you all for that. It does mean a lot, actually, when when people give us a little shout out uh, in person like that. Also, I have too many things on my plate and I'm about four days behind schedule on multiple important projects. And then there's a whole bunch of stuff that I that I haven't even gotten to that's maybe a month old. So I'm going to jump right in to um, our talk with Doug and, and get started. As we continue to look at ANSYS 2020 R1, we now come to one of the most popular topics on this podcast, topological optimization and modeling of additive manufacturing processes, specifically metal. Doug's been studying up on this, and he's uh, got some cool things to share with us. So here he is. Welcome, everybody, to another discussion with uh, Doug Otis in our Littleton office in Colorado. Is it is it snowing again? Are, we, are you guys done with winter? Uh, January was shockingly dry, and February has made up for that. Okay. Our, so it's <laughs> it's it's relent it's been relentless lately but uh so i'm arriving sunday afternoon should i bring my my uh ski coat or my, my that, that's more than 12 hours out so it could be it could be 70 degrees it could be 12 so uh so bring a bathing suit and a parka <laughs> and a parka i'll bring my parka and my gloves and my my summer wear so from Arizona, um, sir, if it's 60 you're chill you're cold yeah, that's true i i die anyway and i sit in the office and, sh and with my jacket on because you guys keep it cold um but that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> no. Uh, what we're here to talk about is um, what is new at ANSYS 2020 R1 in two very closely related things, topological optimization and additive manufacturing. Um, and um, uh, you're going to be doing a webinar about that. Is it next week or the week after? Oh man, I, I haven't looked at my calendar in yeah. a week and so, a half, so I hope I hope it's late next week uh, at the earliest. So, and we'll we'll link to that uh, in the show notes, and definitely remind Doug. Um, <laughs> I have seen the presentation; it's ready to go. So we just oh. need to get on his calendar. Um, so 
you know, we've we've had both uh, new versions of topological optimization, and of course, new additive manufacturing tools for a few releases now. And in um, before we started the podcast, we were kind of talking about what's in uh, 2020 R1, and it seems like this is kind of a go back and and improve productivity, fix some missing holes, that that kind of a release. Is that a, is that a valid statement? Yeah, I mean, it's that's it, it's one of these where I don't like. There's a couple. Of big new things in beta, um, and you know, you know, just because there aren't any huge flashing new things, it doesn't mean that it's not a good thing. Um, right, right. Just because we've had some releases that have given us quite quite a lot of new features, and so going back and just making sure that everything uh, plays nicely, or at least right. uh, simplify the process, or even fix. Uh, you know defects in, in prior revs. Um, you know that's that's not a bad thing. It's right. it's you know, overall um, you know r- reduces my headaches at least. Right. <laughs> it's from a support standpoint. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with topological optimization. Um, you know, which is which is a cool thing. And for those that uh, you know, it's a very popular topic. We get a lot of downloads on our on our uh, podcast when we talk about topological optimization, and uh, also our webinars for that, uh, including the one that's coming up, is has been subscribed to quite well. But the um, for those that don't know what it is, you're basically um, taking a model, applying loads to it. And then um, either moving the mat, the surfaces, or removing elements in order to get an optimized shape uh, based upon the loads that you've applied. So it kind of drives towards the shape uh, based upon the loads. And topology, of course, means you can add holes and remove holes, or you know, instead of having three struts, you got two struts. And and shape optimization is where we just kind of move the surfaces around. Um, and um, so, what's what's your favorite new thing? At this release in the area of topological. Well, I mean, in the past past few revs, there's been quite a bit of work on adding the ability to essentially string together multiple environments that drive how you arrive at your optimized design. So, not only are we looking at deflections, stresses, that kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. the natural frequencies, thermal environments, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so, kind of the lead up to running a topology optimization can be multiple simulation environments that are being solved in order to drive that change. And yeah. so, the next step in any you know, topology optimization is making sure that what was spit out is actually appropriate or, mm-hmm. or would actually work. And so, um, the the big thing that I've run into is the uh, the the functionality of essentially rebuilding your validation system. And so right. um, that's been there in the in the past. Um, but what the transfer to design validation system uh, button or right mouse click mm-hmm. on the project page does is all of those environments that feed that that topology optimization run, they're rebuilt um, mm-hmm. for you. Um, and also behind the scenes, it runs a smoothing operation on the mesh that's output. Okay. So, um, what isn't really d- discussed is you actually have to insert that smoothing operation into your topology okay. optimization run. So, okay. all you do is right mouse click on the topology element density. I'm going mm-hmm. from memory, so it might right. not be verbatim. <laughs> um, and you just insert a smoothing operation. Okay. And you specify that you want to export the file. That's okay. all you have to do. The benefit to doing that is that one, it runs a smoothing operation on it, so it, it kind of cleans up some spikiness. Um, but when you go into your validation systems, all of your boundary conditions um, are there for you. You don't have to redo that. Nice. And so, you know, prior before this, 
you'd essentially have to export the STL, go into space, claim either reverse engineer um, mm-hmm. or, you know, at a minimum run like a shrink wrap or a smoothing operation to kind of fix, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 you know, it's essentially dirty CAD that comes right. out, out of, you know, just faceted. Um, but then you'd have to make sure that you preserved those areas right. uh, so you could reapply your boundary conditions so you could actually see what the stresses and strains are um, or temperatures. I, I, for some reason, I keep forgetting that thermal's been there for, there a while. for, <laughs> for multiple years. Um, and so, um, so yeah, you can, you can run through and actually, you know, see how your optimized shape uh, performs. Cool. Um, and so that's pretty big. And then, um, you know, I'd hinted at fixing defects uh, for if anyone was doing um, lattice optimization. Right. So um, that's, you know, uh, kind of standard topology optimization, whether it's density or level set based. You're essentially taking a box and then whittling away at some structure that, that meets your needs based off of some criteria and some objectives. Um, whereas lattice optimization, rather than changing the overall shape, we are filling the inside of it with, you know, there's a probably six to 10 different uh, lattice infill types, whether it's just a basic cubic or um, I'm for, I'll butcher the rest of them, but it's just yeah. different, different unit cells that that'll fill um, your part. And then you can have a varying density. So basically some lattices will be nice and thick where you need the, the, the stiffness and then they'll thin out to where you don't need the stiffness. So kind of a way of playing around with the infill of your part. So that's a two-step process. You run the lattice infill topology optimization run, and then you feed that into SpaceClaim, and then SpaceClaim actually generates the STL file of the essentially hollowed out infilled part. Right. And so that worked at 2019 R2, uh, 2019 R3, oops, uh, <laughs> that didn't, didn't quite work. 2020 R1, it's working for me. So, um, so uh Good thing. <laughs> good, good sign. Uh, good right, sign. right, right, um, I, I, I know I, I always hesitate to point out bugs, but yeah, Ansys every once in a while has as a defect, and they do fix them, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, right. I mean, I wouldn't have a job if, if people that's were right. making mistakes every day. So, so yeah. Um, so, pretty, pretty, uh, I, have a, I have a hard time dealing with that sometimes, but, uh, you know, it's... It, 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 it's job you know, security. It, right, exactly. So... so so that's cool. So, so a really big workflow fix there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we kind of focus on the topological optimization itself, but the things you're talking about are kind of like, okay, well, I got the shape done. Now I want to double check it and do a more rigorous simulation on it. I don't have to recreate that 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 workflow. It's uh, the, the the various um, uh, parts that go, loads and things that go into that, and then also um, make it a, a lot easier to. Um, take that step into um, for the for the infill for the lattice structure. So those are two really important things. L- let's talk a little bit about um, there were some improvements done to the so there's two methods right. There's the density based where they're basically just reducing the stiffness and density of of the elements um, and and turning them off if they get thin and less dense enough. And then um, the other one being the level set. Uh, what, what improvements have been made on the level set side? Uh, a great question. I mean, the, the only thing that, you know, I really, well, I think there's been some uh, enhancements just in kind of the, the different, from, from previous revs, some of the 
manufacturing constraints um, yes. have been added there. So that's that's not necessarily new um, in this rev, but just if you know you were using level set when it was beta. So I mean, level set is you know. Uh, you know, for all intents, it's a it's a toddler right now. Like it's it's been it's a pretty uh, young feature, um, right? And so each rev, um, you know, the kind of the, the more use case that that we see the, and use, um, and, and you know, w- the more things that break it, the better it gets. Um, and so, as far as the level sets concerned, you know, there there is some um, improvements or at least some modifications on how you can have multiple objectives. So essentially, if you have multiple multiple environments that are driving um, uh, the level set method. Um, There's different ways of handling, whether it's like a a normalized or just a standard summation um, of kind of how you treat uh, the two different load cases that that feed into that um, optimization run. Okay, cool. Um, So just kind of another more refinement and, and improvements, yeah. Right, and I mean level set. The the big thing in past revs. Um, so so last rev, you know, it's it's always kind of entertaining when um, a new f- tool set gets new features and the old method mm-hmm. um, uh, kind of lags behind. And so um, last rev, there were um, additional uh, uh, constraints on uh, uh, center of mass, moment of inertia. And so that way, if you're looking to replace a part based off of some dynamic environment, you're trying to make right. sure that, you know, as I'm not only changing the material, but, you know, I need to make sure that uh, dynamically I'm not, you know, walking into a trap. Basically, exactly. I, I want to make I want to make sure that, you know, from a a, a, a CG moment of inertia uh, point of view that I am, you know, basically arriving at the same uh, uh, CG location, mass value, moment of inertia. That was included in level set in 2019 R3. And so okay. what's happened now is on the density based. So it's gone back um, and added. It, 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 that's been added in. And so that's that's a beta, um, but um, it, it seems to be working for uh, the cases that, that I've seen. But, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's all things beta, you know. It's it, all beta. Yeah. But it's, it's, <laughs> right. Everything's it beta, beta, right? <laughs> it's all beta. Everything's beta. Um, it, it's a valid point, I think, to to bring up is when you're for, – for a while uh, in, the, in the last couple of years and probably a couple more years to go as we keep adding this capability in topological uh, as well as when we talk about additive suite um, – there's a lot of good beta features. I think, um, unlike other parts of the code, I, I really encourage people to to use the beta features. You know, they may not work, but in general, they do. And and as we're moving forward and adding these capabilities, you can get access to them a lot sooner with the beta, um, and and get some some advantage rather than waiting another six months to a year. So, always good to have beta turned on. Um, anything else you want to add about uh, topological before we move on to there's some stuff with node-based shape optimization right that kind of falls under that right i mean i guess you know you know i i'm I'm slowly realizing that i'm an old ansys user Mm -hmm. um and so uh we don't tend to necessarily talk about discovery products um 
Oh yeah. And, and so, um, <laughs> uh, just, you know, they, they, because, you know, they're not just toys they're there, but they, they definitely there's have no value they, there. There's value there as long as you understand the use case. Right. Um, and so just, you know, there's been quite a bit of work on the discovery, uh, live side of things as far as topology optimization goes, um, mainly with some manufacturing constraints and being able to use multiple environments. Um, and then let's see if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. The if I'm going to jump back to um, uh, the the mechanical suite real fast, yeah. and just the ability to use bolt pretensions. That's actually something that oh. I hadn't even used before in the past. Okay. So um, uh, the limitation before was, uh, I believe, the bolt had to be in the loaded position, and okay. so now, uh, at least on the density based uh, method, it supports the the locked. So. You have a you know, bolted flange that you're trying to, mm-hmm. to simulate that that's there that that's actually kind of a big differentiator we were, i was talking with some customers about um they were looking at kind of a an upfront topology optimization tool that that maybe has a more designer oriented interface but it's single part you can't do contact you can't do fancy loads um you can't do all these things um and, and bolt pretension is just another example of getting more realistic loads because your loads drive the shape right i mean right. that's how it figures out the shape and if you if you put in a a wrong load, you're going to get the wrong shape. So, right. yeah, I mean, it's you know, there's there's quite a bit of you no. Know, Ansys has a lot of <laughs> different tools, and yeah. so it's it's always a very you know understanding that you know not only do what talks to what and you know what physics uh, coupling you can do, but also uh, the level of like granularity you want to get into. And so, right. you know, the Discovery Live, um, you know, uh, you know, it's it's so that you don't find yourself painted into a corner later on. And so you, you're not basically walking into a dead end. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's, that's what it's there for. Right. And then as soon as you're comfortable with kind of the, the guidelines you've gotten from yes. your live session, then you can start diving into the details using other uh, tool sets. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great way to explore other options uh, very very quickly i mean because for those that haven't seen it you know discovery live is a really really fast solver so by putting topological optimization in there you can iterate on these shapes uh and and different topologies really really fast so you can find out whether your your idea is going to work or not very quickly rather than waiting i mean ansys isn't slow but it still takes a little while to get an answer whereas with um, discovery live it's a couple minutes and you've got a new shape so um I think that's pretty cool. Uh, okay, let's let's uh, move on to uh, additive manufacturing. And well, we could we could oh, real briefly talk about yes. the node. Oh, the node based shape optimization. So yeah, I mean it's it's, it's not an inter- really topological optimization, but we'll, right, right. Yeah. But I mean, you could put it under the 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 umbrella of I have no idea what this should look like. Yes, <laughs> go computer, figure it out. Computer, you tell me. Yes, exactly. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, topology optimization is where we're actually modifying the topology. We're punching holes in things. We're you know turning solid blocks into stretch structures and stuff like that. Um, and so you can kind of say that you know any topology optimization, your the the input geometry that you define. Mm-hmm. What 
is output has to exist within that bounding box. Right. And so, whereas shape optimization, you're not necessarily constrained by what your starting shape looks like. Mm -hmm. And so what happens here is rather than changing, we're not punching holes or anything like mm -hmm. that. We're just changing the overall shape of our structure. And so kind of the interesting part of that is, you know, part of the, the reason that you run through and do a validation study on a topology optimization is because you can't actually visualize what the stress and strains uh, deformations are on right. the optimized part. And so in the shape optimization, we're actually distorting the mesh. And so okay. you know, we're, we're pulling some nodes and elements in one direction, others, you know, other directions. And so one, the bounding box doesn't really apply that, you know, that's where we're starting from. And then mm -hmm. we can morph into a different shape from that. Um, two, when it's all done, you can actually look at the stresses and strains on the part. And so it's kind of a quick, you know, it, you know, depending on how much it was distorted, maybe you don't necessarily, uh, give that your, your full consideration, but it, it at least gives you a guideline of, of, of where you are. And so, um, again, it's beta. And so, um, you know, kind of. I don't want to say use it your own risk, but you know, <laughs> try, but try it out. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's 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 an interesting use case. Well, and and so traditional uh, optimization, shape optimization is, you know, you go into your CAD package or your APDL file back in the day, your APDL file that uh, built your geometry, and you uh, you assign parameters to be varied, and it it moves the parameters and figures out the optimal shape. So so this is really a lot more freedom in that it's every the XYZ position of every node becomes a parameter that it can play with. Um, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting to play with as it gets more mature. It's going to lead us to even better designs. So um, again, we're, we're moving away from those assumptions we make as design engineers up front on what how to constrain a part or how the geometry can be varied. So pretty cool. Um, so so additive. Uh, yeah, now now I'll let you drive it. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and additive. Um, so so just as a reminder, uh, the ANSYS additive suite is really focused on what we call metal powder bed fusion or direct laser melting. There's a lot of different terms that people use, um, but um, it's basically taking a laser, drawing on a on a on a bed of powder, melting that powder where the laser passes, um, lowering the uh, the the little elevator lift under the powder and then putting a new layer of powder on top and then melting and solidifying that layer and the whole reason why we do simulation is you're taking metal you're heating it up with a laser you're melting it and then you're cooling it so the thermal stresses are insane um, as is the the resulting structure uh, microstructure behind it so that's what the additive suite is all about um, and let's start with the pre-processing. So we've got some tools built into SpaceClaim. Um, what do they call it? Uh, I forget the, additive it. prep. Additive prep, which yeah, is the obvious it, name. That's why I never remember. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. So there's simple. there's it's 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 like a weird fishbowl of just additive blank and or yes. <laughs> additive something, and then like there, there's a lot of different names, a lot of different products, and so yeah. um, it can be a little tricky, kind of wrapping your head around mm -hmm. and kind of understanding yeah. what does what but yes additive prep is used on the prep side before you actually build something mm -hmm. um it is in space claim it is not a solver and so mm -hmm. um it does have the ability to kind of uh show you um you know 
it's basically using a, a rules-based uh, assumption. So again, no calculation, no solving for uh, uh, temperatures, stresses, deflections, anything like that. It's just straight up rules-based um, and helping you figure out what's the right orientation I should print this at. Right. You know, and that's based off of what support structures I'm going to need, uh, how likely I am to dis- to distort um, uh, or or mm-hmm. distort less, um, and essentially how long it'll take to build in that orientation. You can apply different weighting factors to it. Okay. Um, and so that was all it could do, what, two or three revs ago? And mm-hmm. so... 2019 R3, we started being able to generate actual build files, play around with different uh, and see like layer by layer slicing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can actually insert uh, a host of, you know, all of your favorite support shapes, whether it's, you know, heart cells or, you know, just straight up bars or anything, anything like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, though it's interesting in, in the additive, uh, especially the, the powder bed fusion is that the supports not only, well, one, hold it to the plate yes uh but it also provides a cooling mechanism right so uh you know you can play around with um you know some rules based you can put in your own uh uh, customized uh version of it you can do a whole bunch of different things with how you actually support your structure it's one of these where there's probably um well i was going to say there's no wrong answer but there's probably a lot of wrong answers there's a lot of wrong answers right (laughs) and so there's you could say there's an infinite number of ways that you can be wrong and right in supporting uh your part um but the nice thing about simulating it is you don't have to pay, you know, anywhere from <laughs> fifteen to a hundred thousand plus to fail at, at, exactly. at printing your part. So that's that's the point of all of this is that you know, we're doing it without running a machine, without catching anything on fire or breaking any blades or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the, the big thing in additive prep is um, uh, uh, writing. Uh, more build files, so more machine types are supported. You can modify more machine parameters, modify scan orders. It's got some uh, uh, cost estimators built into it. So, you know, it's it's really to like, like the name suggests, additive prep. It's used before you go and build anything, just to make sure that you're building it in an optimal uh, uh, orientation mm-hmm. um, for you know either maximum throughput, making sure you're putting as many parts as you can on the build plate or making sure that the way that you're printing it will uh, hopefully prevent it from distorting, breaking, anything like that. Right. So so kind of upfront doing what if statements using some some rules and then if you need to do the simulation you can move into the actual additive mechanical product, right? And and right. model the build process itself. What's what's changed there? Yeah, so uh, now we get into even more names, obviously. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, as far as simulating the build process, you, mm-hmm. you can go uh, one of two ways. And so uh, you have workbench additive. You might see an okay. acronym of WA. Um, okay. And so that is using the mechanical product. Okay. It uses, um, by default, a transient thermal simulation that is coupled to a static structural environment. Okay. It is wizard driven or template driven where you essentially go through, specify your machine parameters, um, and then it builds the entire model for you. And or build, I'm sorry, 
not build the entire model for you. That was wrong. It, it builds all of the loading objects ah, and gotcha. sets up all the, the solver. You still import the model mm -hmm. um, and do all that fun stuff. And that's mm -hmm. that's the tool that has the, the layered tetrahedral elements and right. the ability to calculate knockdown factors based off of a voxelized support. So okay. basically we can import uh, a kind of a zero thickness STL and we essentially just, you know, kind of cuboid around all of that. Okay. And then, um, so new at 2019 R3 is the ability to essentially tie together these voxelized supports to mm -hmm. our um, uh, layered tet mesh. And so okay. uh, that's, you know, I, the, the pictures of it make me just remember like the CEINTF command. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, just yeah, exactly. Essentially writing strain equations. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. and so it's one of these where, you know, it's not necessarily, I, I don't view it as numerically new, but application based. Um, it's a really nice way to play around with connecting how we represent, uh, uh, supports in workbench additive and how we tie it together because otherwise you know if you think about it you basically had to have to line up node to node um and tie everything together or, or get it like showed shared nodes mm -hmm. sorry I, I haven't Come eaten on. lunch yet so right. my, i've got about like 10 minutes of talking left before i just <laughs> you crash dissolve. Um, and so just tying that together and being able to run it without you know having to be a meshing expert right um, Good. And Good. so, and so that's the one. To, that's one tool. And and one of the uh, uh, new additions to that one is uh, being able to rather than run it as a coupled thermal structural simulation, um, where we essentially took a, a solver method from the other product, which I'll talk about next, mm -hmm. and it's an inherent strain method. And so, uh -huh. rather than me solving for temperature and then passing that over and solving for uh, thermal stress and strain, mm -hmm. um, I cut out the thermal side of it because I know it goes up to melting temperature. Okay. And then I just apply that as a body strain. So it's like, you know, I'm not salt. You know, the, the strain is known because I know what the temperature is already. Mm -hmm. And so, um, obviously if you're, if you care about how the temperature moves through the part and stuff like that, it's mm -hmm. kind of a, simplification of it yeah. but for looking at um you know uh that, that level that that kind of first pass uh, mm -hmm. uh of simulation it's a good good one and so that was beta i think it was beta in 2019 r2 i can't remember if it was in what what beta release state it was yes. at our at r3 uh, but it's been released and so good. um and, and so those um thermal that 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 solver method's been included um, and you'd use that to just get a faster answer, a correct? Bit, a right, less accurate, but much faster. Yeah. Right, right. So we're not we're not accounting for conductivity through the part. It's just a straight up layer by layer mm -hmm. uh, basis of essentially. Um, it, we basically say like you know, <laughs> tada! All these elements are active and they're okay. stressed. <laughs> they've yeah. they've distorted this, and we keep on building up through it. So yeah, it's it's okay. it's a, a faster pass through. The build process okay. um cool. and so again that's workbench additive in the mechanical product right. template. okay and then we've got another additive product yeah. that's yeah. 
It's like everybody gets added if you get it. You, you can add it. So, you can so, add it. It's a really boring <laughs> Oprah show. Um, uh, and so, so yeah. Then the ad, the other tool set is additive print additive science, okay. and so uh, those products. Um, Oh my gosh! I can't remember why I'm forgetting the name of the company. 3D Sim. 3D Sim. I want. I thought that was it, but I. Yep. Uh, now I just look Popped like a coward. I'm just no, a no, coward no. for not being, <laughs> not believing enough. Um, Believe in yourself. Don't play trivia. But, though. but yeah. So um, additive print um, or 3D Sim. You know that that purchase. Ansys has had two products from that. So that's additive print and additive science. Right. And so. Um, the benefit to these two is um, it allows you to really dig dig in deep to the actual build process. And so um, Additive Print has, uh, I think it's three different simulation types. We have an, the inherent strain uh, functionality right. where you know, just layer by layer, uh, go through and do all that. Um, all the way up to actually using uh, scan data and, and build files. And okay. so... Uh, you can start playing around with, you know, what happens when I, uh, you know, I can take my build file for my specific machine and see what actually happens in my part. And so kind of where the, the you know, when when do I use Workbench Additive? When do I use Additive Print? Right. Uh, if you have a machine in-house, you can calibrate your Additive Print to your specific machine settings. Good. And so there's uh, some documented... Um, you know, build files that you go through and you print it on your machine, you take some measurements and then you, you back out what the scale factors are, you apply those in. And so now you kind of um, have a uh, a tailored solution for your specific machine in-house. Um, whereas the workbench, the, the mechanical workbench additive tool, um, we, we operate on a layer-by-layer -layer basis rather than, uh, uh, you know, working with, uh, you know, actual scan data. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, uh, but you know, kind of the the big things on the um, uh, additive uh, print side of things is um, uh, some additional materials. Um, I can't remember the, the specific one. Yeah, I saw, I what, saw a list. It had a lot of numbers and letters. Yeah, yeah, aluminum, al, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> like it's like it's it's either an additive material or the hottest new club in town. Exactly. Um, or maybe so, both. Maybe both. Right. Right. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that that's been there. Some additional. Um, I, there was a size constraint on uh, the actual size of the part that you could uh, simulate being printed. So that's been increased. Um, there's a beta feature to uh, read EOS build files, um, uh, which is which is big. Um, yeah. Uh, just because uh, before the you, you had to go through and essentially uh, just input some scans, some rough. Uh, scan uh, inputs and uh, the, uh, the 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 way that additive print built up the resultant uh, scan vector was very similar to EOS. Um, right. I butchered that description. I apologize, but <laughs> basically, it, it was it was an equivalency rather than a direct one to one read. Right. So right. Um, that's that's the now we can but, read yeah. it directly in and we can play with those parameters and see how it impacts our build. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, um, trying to remember uh, some of the other stuff, but um, a lot, a lot of little that, productivity things. It's yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I would I would say you know the the big thing was kind of the the size limitation. Um, more materials is always better, um, and uh, uh, the 
pretty, I'm trying to remember the details of it, but the, the, the ability to run um, the uh, cutoff uh, simulation. Oh, um, right. The progressive from, uh, plate separation, right? Right, right. So, so essentially, the ability to to solve for something with an additive print and then go into workbench additive, just because, you know, what's what's really weird um, in the additive side is based on how it's printed. There are different ways that you can kind of approximate um, the effect that a heat treat has. So, right. you know, the basic way to to simulate that is you essentially just zero out the thermal strains. Mm-hmm. Um, Assume a perfect heat treat. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. I, I remember in my heat transfer class, we you know you always have to write your your assumptions um, at the very top of the homework problem, mm-hmm. and so we'd always joke that the first assumption was assume adiabatic. That's right. So you're done. You don't have to do anything. So yeah. Um, so I mean, there's some very simple um, assumptions you can go through and do that. But really, a lot of the heat treatment is more of a creep creep law behavior. Right. And so the ability to take information from additive print and then run it through um, a, a, a workbench or, or a static structural simulation, um, mm-hmm. you know, even though creep has a time component, we typically neglect um, uh, mass integration effects uh, for it. Um, so you can take the output from that, run it through workbench, get um, uh know see what actually happens for any type of relaxation um, and then being able to actually do a, a cutoff a- application and not only just you know basically uh, you know now you see it now you don't type right. of removal from the base but actually uh, uh, progressively cut off uh, your part and so um, yeah. uh, I haven't yet quite dug into the details on that one um, but uh, you know anything that you know reflects reality is always a good thing in my book. Yeah, it seems that seems like you know when you kind of slowly cut off the 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 area between the supports and the base plate, right. um, it it wants to potato chip off, and then um, you know if you do it slowly versus all at once, you're going to get a different uh, different response. So that's that's going to be cool to see. Um, we've I've got some parts. We've got uh, NASA STT. No, Army STTR S. BIR that we're doing some 3D printing for, and um, hopefully in the phase two of that one, we'll be able to play with some of these simulations uh, and uh, and improve that design. So I'm kind of looking forward to that in particular because it's going to be a major driver for these parts because they're they're funny shaped, um, kind of concave, concave, convex combined together. So they're always funny shaped. Yeah. If, if, if it wasn't a funny shape, you'd just hog it out, right? That's right. You would so, just machine so, it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's. <laughs> part of the yeah. problem it's, it's yeah. you can you can print anything yes. so obviously it's going to be complicated weird yeah it's kind of a pringle to begin with um ah. and, and then and then uh what's it going to look like when we remove those supports so um, it's it's going to be a good one to look at um anything else you want to add um that's that's new or people need to know about or should they should try i think we covered it all yeah yeah i, I don't i don't know if it's the recent travel uh or, or what but uh, yeah that's um yeah i mean that's i mean at least approaching you know uh from from the topology optimization side of things um you know it's it's i i'd say this is a bit more kind of just smoothing the edges uh, a bit and and just you know making sure that everything's working kind of kind of release uh with some pretty some pretty cool kind of beta features and you know uh, a, a redo or at least some simplification in how you validate a bunch of stuff and then um, you know a, a lot of the, the other things I, I wouldn't necessarily call them showstoppers they're more just kind of consistency across products good or, or, or at least data transfer between products 
Well, I think we're kind of at that. I mean, you, you mentioned the toddler phase and the and the you know the different phases in a product. This is a really difficult. Both of these are pretty complicated products, right. technically. And I think one of the things that's going on is we've got a lot of users actually using it now. So it's kind of moved beyond the early adopters going, "This is cool," and and people actually using it to do real work. So I think we're going to see a, a lot of refinement in the next couple of releases as that feedback, which is something I'm always pushing on the podcast, is give feedback to development because they need to know these things so they can keep improving. Right, yeah. right. because I mean the you know especially with the the additive stuff the, mm-hmm. there's you know been some you know uh consortiums or mm-hmm. collaborations between industry academia mm-hmm. and, and ansys in order to you know characterize the behavior this isn't something that you know we're, yeah. you know, we're, we're making up but it's you know <laughs> the, the more kind of use cases the more you know, basically the I don't want to say the more times you break it, the better it gets, but that's that's essentially how software works, right? Yeah, and exactly. So, yeah, and so so yeah, I mean, it's it's at that phase where you know the more you know any feedback is good feedback, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's it's. I mean, I think the developers do a good job of asking people and trying to understand, but you, you, when, when it gets in people's hands is when you start really learning what's needed. So. Um, it's, it's oh, pretty, I didn't really mention additive uh-huh. science. Oh yeah, let's talk about additive so, science. Additive that's, science, that's yeah, I can't remember it, uh, uh, mm-hmm. what uh, additions were made for it, yes. but I, um, I just wanted to close the loop on that because I realized I said the additive print, additive science didn't say anything about it. So right. additive science is really more intended from a, um, and this is this is one of those tools where it's it's just a slow. It, its nature is a, a slow uh, kind of progression or incremental right. uh, uh, releases. Um, so it's intended for playing around with machine parameters and being able to estimate, you know, what the actual microstructure looks like, right. predict density, really predict, important. you know, uh, all, you know, so it's most of the simulations on um, additive science aren't necessarily your actual part. They're just going to be, you know, a block. And let's see you know, if we change the scan speed, we change the laser wattage, we change all these other different things. What does that do to my actual, you know, microstructure? You know, right. and so that way, you know, this you can play around, take the restrictor plate off of the, off of your machine and play around with right. different machine uh, machine parameters, yeah. and basically figure out, you know, well, if I do this, what does that do for my actual end product? Like, what, what can that do for, you know, depending on what I'm trying to live through, you know, I, there are certain grain structures that would be beneficial or detrimental right. to, to what you're doing. So, yeah, sorry, I forgot, forgot yeah, to close the loop on that. that. I don't remember what's, what's new in it, but um, I, I, I guess my, I'll do a better job and, and be ready for the webinar. Well, I, I think when it becomes a, it, it's really, like you said, a, it's going to be a long haul to get that product uh, fully developed and fleshed out. And if you're in academia, if you're if you're a student studying um, additive manufacturing, metal-based additive manufacturing, or maybe you're a material scientist or you know yeah. in a methods group at your company, you should be looking at additive science now as it's progressing and giving feedback. And there's some valuable tools in there that you might be able to use. Um, but if you're a designer or a manufacturing engineer, um, it's it's probably not going to add huge right. benefit unless you discover a problem with microstructure. That's probably not not something you're going to play with. Right. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the use case and the, and the user base is completely different. And yeah. so, uh, so, so yeah. And I mean, the, as far as why it takes so long, it's because there's a lot of material characterization. And so it's not just, 
Young's modulus <laughs> coefficient of thermal expansion, thermal conductivity. Yeah. It's like it's 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 weirded. Uh, no, uh, it, it's weird thermodynamic behaviors uh, and, and melt pool dynamics and mm-hmm. stuff like that that need yeah. to be properly characterized and tracked during the simulation. It, 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 there's a lot of like scanning electron microscope images used in the process of developing the the tool and verifying the tool. So it's uh, yeah, it's it reminds me of my material science class, which was way too long ago for me to, to remember the details. But I remember microstructure was important for metal. Um, <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, lots of good stuff. Um, I think a, a lot of listeners may be, have been playing around with some some other tools that maybe got to market a little bit faster. Um, if so. Um, come back, take a look at what's in ANSYS. If you've been holding off, taking a look at ANSYS for either topo or topological optimization or um, additive, it's probably time to to really dig in deep to it. These are useful tools, um, and um, you know we're finding it useful here. Uh, additive prep is the one that kind of uh, kind of took off here at PADT, and that um, you know we gave we gave our uh, manufacturing department uh, access to space claim, and they just started using it without us bugging them because <laughs> it was so useful so uh it's it's been a good good uh, proof that uh, it actually is a useful tool and has been helpful in them uh, quickly figuring out how to orient their parts and supports and things like that and fixing some problems before we even have to do any simulation so there's a lot in there um i think that's it anything else you want to add doug uh, i just yeah, I, th- I think you nailed it. Where you know, if you haven't, if you were upset three, if you were upset six right. months ago, <laughs> kind of deal. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that change, and so um, yeah, I mean, especially you know, I want to say topology optimization is kind of the the one that everyone's looking for, but um, you know, just because you could argue that that is process independent, so it doesn't matter if you're printing polymer mm-hmm. or metal um, or even machining, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's new features, uh, new functionality, each rev. So yeah, check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Doug. And uh, we appreciate as always your input and hopefully people will learn more. Uh, they have a big advantage of the webinar is goes through these things in detail and shows pictures. So it's a little bit easier to visualize yeah. and um, we'll be, I guess I will see you Monday, but uh, yeah. uh, other, otherwise we will uh, talk soon again about, I can't remember what, but it's on the schedule. So uh, <laughs> we will, we will have another topic to cover and, and yet they keep adding functionality. So we keep on having more things to talk about. So it's a good thing. All right. Well, have a great weekend and uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, no problem. Talk to you soon. So please do sign up for the webinar. It's on Tuesday, February 26th at 11 a.m. Phoenix time. Uh, go to www.padtinc.com slash events to get the details and a link to register. Or as always, you can go to brighttalk.com. That's one word, brighttalk.com. And search for PADT or ANSYS and you will find all of our recordings as well as this upcoming one. As I mentioned earlier, I am four days behind on important things and about six months on things like getting real commercials for this podcast. So I will read again the same statement I've been making for a couple of episodes, which seems to be working. Please consider PADT as your ANSYS supplier if you are in the southwestern U.S. and for simulation consulting and customization. We are also just as good at additive manufacturing and product development. So give us a try. We love what we do and our customers tell us that we are good at it. So please do consider PADT and all the different ways we can help. 
let's talk about the ANSYS stock. Uh, it seemed to be doing very well until today. Uh, it, it's down, let's see, it, I checked at 1 p.m. Phoenix time, which would be what, three o'clock in New York City. Um, it was at, this is February 21st, by the way, Friday. It was at 285 a share. So that is, um, you know, down a little bit. But uh, the S&P in general is down today. It looks like some corrections going on. But the good news is on the 19th, which was two days ago, Wednesday, it hit an all-time high of $299.06. So almost crossed over the $300 a share threshold. So, so close. Not that it really matters that it's $300, but you know, to people like me, anyway, it's all kind of funny anyway. Funny money anyway, it, it makes a difference. So hopefully we will see them cross $300 soon. Uh, pretty, pretty impressive. Um, in fact, that is up 11.15% for the year, a month and a half into that year. Nice gain, and the and the S and P for comparison purposes is only four point two eight percent up as of one o'clock today on the twenty first, which is a Friday. So uh, definitely outpacing the market again this year. The as a reminder, on February twenty sixth is when they release their numbers for Q four in two thousand nineteen. So you know we'll see what happens when um, all the analysts and the the people that buy hundreds of millions of dollars worth of stuff uh, take a look at those results and decide what to do. It'll be very interesting to watch, which is about all that mortals like you and I can do. So. Uh, Ansys News. Do check out the new website. Uh, I think we mentioned it a couple times in the podcast, but um, I went there again today, and it, it really looks nice. It's it's a much more modern look and feel, and is making me feel guilty about how outdated ours is. But that's another one of those projects I haven't even started uh, that I was supposed to have done six months ago. The only news that I could find in the Ansys world was they added two board members. One is a man named. Robert Calderoni, which kind of sounds familiar. He is the current chairman of the board for Citrix, which is probably why you've heard him in the news. And he was the former CEO of a cloud-based company called Ariba that was acquired by SAP. And then he's now working at SAP and is, uh, or was working at SAP. And now he's on the board at Citrix. Uh, he has a background from the finance. He's like a CFO type guy. And uh, he did financial stuff at both Apple and IBM, as well as some other companies. Um, so we'll see how that changes things. And then the other one is a guy named Ravi, I'm going to butcher this, Vijayaragian. Vijayaragian. And he is a senior partner at Bain and Company, and he's the head of their Asia Pacific technology practice. So that seems like a nice fit. Somebody that understands uh, the growth in that very quickly growing area. That's been a good area of growth for Ansys. So it'll be nice to see. I, I didn't see that anybody left the board. So um, with these two added, there are now nine people on the board of directors. If you're curious, just go to the Ansys website, go to about, and you can, or just Google Ansys board of directors, and you can see who's on there. Of course, the CEO, Ajay, is on the board as well. Uh, there's no new PADT news for me to share. Uh, I picked three articles, as usual, from the ANSYS blog that I think uh, are worth looking at. I encourage people to always just check out the blog in any way, but these are the three that will hopefully tempt you to do so. Uh, you know, this is engineering week or engineers week. I always forget <laughs> until it's too late. But uh, in celebration of that, ANSYS um, picked five people 
that work for the company as role models um, the, to, to younger people who are thinking to be engineers that are considering being engineers and kind of put them out there as great examples. It's a cool article to learn them. Two of them are some of PADT's favorite people at ANSYS, and I was very pleased to see them there. And I agree wholeheartedly that they are fantastic role models, even to old guys like me. Uh, the first was Margaret Smith, who is an electronics uh, simulation genius, as well as an operations genius, and just a good person who um, can understand complex problems, explain them to other people, and uh, get stuff done. And then a long-term friend of mine and PADT is Chris Wolf, and she came from the fluent side of things. She's a CFD wizard and a project manager um, wizard, I guess. I have to come up with another word. Uh, she, she does a fantastic job and is responsible for many of the wonderful things that are in the world of ANSYS CFD and just a very good person and a, and a wonderful human being. And great examples. I'm glad they picked those two. And uh, I need to meet the other. Well, the other one of the other ones is the CTO who, who I'm getting to know better. And I would also agree is a fantastic person. I just haven't known him as long as Margaret and Chris. And uh, the other two I need to meet and get to know. Check that out. Um, for Valentine's Day, they did kind of a fun post. Uh, they did a CFD analysis on whether you can aerate wine as you know, when you get oxygen in the wine, it brings out the flavor and the fragrance of it, uh, red wine, uh, by pouring it from the bottle. You know, you can buy those little uh, aerator things that kind of go glug, 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 and aerate the wine. Um, they took a look. I won't tell you what the answer is. Can you aerate it just by pouring it straight from the bottle? See what simulation tells us. And the third one is a serious one. Uh, it's about how to improve designs by compressing simulation analysis. And it's a guest blogger, uh, an analyst, uh, took a look at ANSYS Discovery Live, which is a fantastic tool that we're a big fan of. We just talked about it with Doug. And he talked about how to really speed up design on real components using Discovery Live. And so it's a, it's a nice, outside of our little ANSYS, uh, um, well, I'll admit biased world, look at how valuable this tool is. You know, our design engineers here at PADT use it in the ways that he's described to just kind of answer quick questions and get us to a better design faster. Check that article out. Um, we don't have anything posted as I'm reading this or talking right now, but um, I promised Joe I would publish the article that he wrote last week that I'm behind on. Um, and so it'll be up by the time this goes out. It's called Mesh Time Metrics Display. And it's a useful addition to the mechanical interface that shows you how long it took to mesh apart. So if you're always wondering when you make a little change, did it take longer or more or less? Um, it's a neat little indicator of that. And um, his blog article will share with you how to get to it how to see it. Upcoming events, we've got the webinar we talked about, Added Manufacturing and Topology Optimization Updates at ANSYS 2020 R1, and that's going to be on February 26th at 11. And as usual, you can listen to it live or listen to the recording, and we have more to be announced. Uh, Trevor's working on that. We're changing some software behind the scenes, so uh, we're doing that, and hopefully we'll announce those using that tool. Uh, other events that PADT is holding on, we're, we're done for February. Uh, we got one more week, uh, a little bit, well, yeah, kind of partial week coming up next week. Um, nothing going on. But in March, it's starting to get busy again. So the first event is I will be in New Mexico at the Innovate New Mexico Technology Showcase. This is the tech transfer event where the, the labs and the university and other organizations that, that do technology transfer kind of share what they've got. It's a, it's a great event and uh, some really cool technology is exposed during that. And I, so that is on the third and I will be there all day at that. So if you're going to that event, stop by and say hi to me. I will be the guy that looks like me in the audience. Um, I should 
you should uh, definitely definitely stop by and say hi if you're at that. Um, we also have our annual 2020 PADT uh, SciTech Festival open house. So if you don't know the SciTech Festival, it's a it's an event in Arizona that started as a month long event and is now like a four month long event. But it's a it's a festival of science and technology and companies like PADT and universities like the U of A and ASU open up their doors and provide tours and do activities and have fun events to help kids uh, understand the fun and excitement and uh, joy of science and technology. And so we always open up our doors in uh, February or March. This is going to be March. This is the beginning of March this year. And um, everyone's invited, especially families. So if you want to see 3D printing and simulation and what it's like living the life of a beige cubicle uh, dweller, stop on by. Uh, it's, it's on our website. Check it out. It's from 5 to 8 on the 5th of March. At the end of the month, we've got two events as well you should be aware of. One is our annual Arizona Technology Council MedTech Conference, and I will be speaking about 3D printing about that in that, about how people are using 3D printing in the medical space here in Arizona, and that's on the 26th, and it's going to be at Venue 8600 up in Scottsdale. Check out the our website or the AC Tech Council website for that. Hope to see people there. And then the big event of the month is the uh, 36th Annual Space Symposium. Uh, I went for the first time last year. I had a wonderful time. I'm very excited about going back. We're going to have a booth with uh, three other Arizona companies that is being sponsored by the Tech Council and the Commerce Authority. And we're going to talk about space in Arizona, as well as uh, PADT and the other three companies. So if you're going to be at the Space Symposium, do stop by. We hope to see you there. And that's it. I want to thank everybody for listening to this kind of uh, hastily uh, recorded podcast. But this is one more thing I actually got done on time um, and I can keep trying to catch up on things. Do not forget to subscribe to PADT's newsletter at www.padtinc.com slash opt in. Spread the word. Uh, we'd love to see our subscriptions keep going up and, and our number of listeners go up and downloads go up. So please do let people know about the podcast and invite them to participate. And as always, do not hesitate to reach out to podcast at PADTINC.com. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 57. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.PADTINC.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at PADTINC.com. See you next time.